0: Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. Our church exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media at newgrace.cc on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about us or to support this ministry financially, visit us at newgrace.cc. Galatians 5, just a few verses with me. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, and everybody in the room that is Christ, you live in the Spirit because the Spirit lives in you. If we, he's talking to a Christian audience, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk, or another way to say it is let us also be in step with, the Holy Spirit. I want to preach on this. Being, living, and walking, here we go, under the influence. I want to talk about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, touch us now. Fill us now with your power, your presence, and your authority. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, clap your hands, people. Let's give him praise. He's worthy. Let's talk about being under the influence. At particular times in my life growing up, I remember I I had significant influences at those particular times. Of course, I think all of us would be on the same page and say that whatever parental figure or guardian figure we had for the longest time, was a primary influence in our life. But like every teenager, you reach a certain age where your parents or your parental figure is no longer the primary influence in your life. I was about middle school when my mom and dad began to lose their number one position as the primary influence in my life. And a major league baseball player by the name of Ken Griffey Jr. became the greatest influence in my life completely altered and changed uh, everything about my life. I, I, I was immersed in baseball. I was in love with number 24 center fielder for the Seattle Mariners. I knew everything about him. I knew all of his background, his history. I know how he got to the majors. I knew everything about his numbers and his stats from every season. I even emulated his batting stance and his big home run swing. And so for the longest time, King Griffey Jr. was like the biggest influence in my life. I remember getting into high school and my parents got Dish Network. We grew up on the other side of Oconee County, outside of Watkinsville, Georgia, and we had a little satellite on top of the uh, not a satellite, we had an antenna on top of the, the 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 house. We didn't grow up with cable or satellite TV. We had channels 2, 5, 11, 17, 30, 34, 36 on a good day. And then in high school, My parents got Dish Network Satellite TV, and so I had ESPN 24-7. Also, we had MTV for the first time in our life. Me and my brother Ryan, Jake was too little at the time, and so me and my brother Ryan, we would watch MTV, VH1, BET, and, and CMT when there was nothing else on the other channels. And I didn't know it at the time. Looking back, I realize it now. I didn't realize how much of an influence that those channels were on my life. Not that I started, you know, talking like Carson Daly or anything, but I, I, remember, I remember so much of the music. And, it, and, not, and nothing's changed, honestly. I think if we all were to assess this in detail, and this is another sermon for another time, but music is such an influencer in your life. And, it, and I look back now, and music shaped so much of how I talked. Music shaped a lot of how I acted. It was, a, it was a major influencer in my life. Like, like I remember, you know, you know how it is when you're a teenager. You know, you live to please the imaginary audience. You think when you pull into the high school, everybody's watching you. You get out of your car and you walk like there's music in your head, you know. I'm so hood. Got this gold up in my mouth. Walk, walking, everybody, and you just think everybody's watching you, paying attention, looking at you. Nobody really notices you. Nobody cares, right? So that imaginary audience followed a lot of us to church, right? You think everybody notices you. Nobody cares. I got their own crap to do it. Ain't nobody paying attention to you? Nobody notices. Nobody notices you. No. It, I, I, remember, I remember being under that influence. And then my senior year of high school, I heard a preacher named Dr. Larry Brown preach. And my entire world was altered again by this influential, influential man of God. I remember he preached this sermon, and he had a tape table set up in in the foyer of the church that I was attending. And I remember I was wrestling with the call to preach. I felt like God had called me to preach. I remember going to the tape table and buying up all of his CDs and his tapes. And he looked at me standing there in that big London fog trench coat after he got done preaching. He said, son, are you considering going to Bible college? I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm considering the call to preach. Like, I don't even know if we're not even at Bible college yet. I'm trying to figure out what God's in my life. He said, when you figure out what God wants you to do, you need to come to North Augusta, South Carolina, come to my college, and let me teach you how to preach. And I'm being like, yes, sir, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Looking in them big old crystal blue eyes, it's like he was reading my soul. And sure enough, I moved to North Augusta, South Carolina, and sat under one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard in my entire life. My whole world was influenced by this influencer. And I think if we pass the mic around tonight a lot of you could testify there were particular people and personalities that greatly influence you. You're you you parent the way you do. You respond the way you do. You make the choices and the decisions and you you do a lot of the things you do because of the influencer that had an influence in your life. Well, the word of God tells us that the greatest influencer to ever influence our life will be the person of the Holy Spirit of God, God that God gives us that salvation. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives and resides in every single believer that has trusted in the saving power of God's grace. And the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God, is by far our greatest influencer. And this is why Paul sidesteps in Galatians 5, and he carves out what seems like a whole chapter in chapter 5 devoted to telling us the real depths of the influence that the Holy Spirit has in the lives of a believer. I wrote this down, and I want you to hear this very loud and clear. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it is actually possible to follow Christ and his example. On the contrary. Apart from the influence of the Holy Spirit, you will not follow Christ or his example. You do not have the power in your natural-born flesh to follow the example of Christ. Christ was God revealed in human flesh. You do not have the ability in your own ability to model or follow the example of Christ. But under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are then empowered and enabled to to follow the example that Jesus set while on this planet. Think think about it like this. In the same way you seek to follow the footsteps of your greatest influences, it is the Holy Spirit that allows us to walk in the very footsteps that Christ has made for us. Jesus. Jesus is what a human being looks like, completely yielded to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, now that's a thought. Did you hear what I just said? If you look in the four Gospels at the three-and-a-half-year window we get into the life of Christ, you gain insight on what a human being looks like completely yielded to the Holy Ghost. Question, does that look a lot different than your life and mine? Should it? Does it have to? Jesus is what a man or a woman looks like, yielded to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, follow me. Right? We have several accounts where he approached somebody he said, follow me. And then he spent three and a half years with them, showing them how to walk or live their life, and he modeled the example. And I, I hear this all the time, and, and it's funny. I think I've even said it but I don't know if I'm okay with it anymore. When you challenge someone or you begin to help correct someone's thinking about the way they live their Christian life, people say this, well, I'm not Jesus. Right, but you have his spirit living in you. And Jesus gave us an example of what a human being can be if they're completely yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to go into a theological foundation from Jesus at his baptism and the Spirit like a dove is descending on him and empowering him for three years. I don't have time to do all that, but what I want you to understand is if you're in this room and you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, there was a spiritual transaction that happened in your life. You were spiritually regenerated. You became a new creature. Goosebumps. Goosebumps or no goosebumps, tears or no tears, happiness feelings or no happiness feelings. There was a transaction that happened in your life and you received the spirit of God. And that was the power tool you needed to live like Jesus. So Paul knows that groundwork has already been set and he looks at the audience in Galatian, he says walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Nobody was writing him back and going, I'm not Jesus. Arguments, not valid. That's not, you're missing the point here. The same spirit that he had now has you. Are you hearing this? Are you getting this word? And we are to follow his example under the influence of the Spirit. We're to follow his example. Peter spent three years with him and he said this. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us. Look at this, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps. And so let me teach the Bible real quick. In Galatians 3, Paul reveals three insights about walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He tells us, first of all, there is a resistance to walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 17. Your flesh, the natural you, the old you, the you that you are still living with, you are trapped with this part of you, your flesh. It lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit is fighting against the flesh. So you got two dogs trapped in you. You got saved at 25. You got a 25-year-old dog in you. And you got saved at 25, which means you got a 25-year-old dog and a puppy. Who you think going to win in the fight? So now you have to spend the next 25 years starving the 25-year-old you and feeding the puppy. He says the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit's against the flesh. See, there's resistance to walking under the influence of the spirit. As a Christian, now you want to. That's new normal. That's different. For some of us, even after 10, 20 years, it still feels new. It'll always feel new, and it'll always be challenging because you have this built-in resistance in your nature called the flesh that's always going to butt heads with the new nature of the Holy Spirit. And he says they're contrary to one to the other, and you can't do the things that you want to do. Your spirit says, read the Bible. Your flesh says, Netflix. Ah, oh, Come on, y'all. Your spirit says, Psalm 40. Your flesh says, Breaking Bad Season 5. There's resistance. I don't even have to spell that out. Y'all get it. But there's also a reason. Look at this. There's a reason to walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 says this. Paul goes, walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, here's, here's a reason to walk in the Holy Spirit. Here's a reason to operate in the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You won't do what the flesh wants to do. A lot of us live our life like we're carrying around a pocket-sized 10 commandments. We think Christianity is a list of thou shalt nots. And so we strive every day to try to stay away from doing the things we know we're not supposed to do. Don't talk like that, don't think like that, don't act like that, don't don't be that. But you're not pursuing anything that actually empowers you to live above that. You're just living in neutral trying not to sin. What a boring version of Christianity. I became a Christian and my whole life is devoted to trying to not fail. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to sin a lot. You're going to fail a lot. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Why? Because you're, li- you're living in neutral just trying not to do these things. He says, if you want to change this, You gotta start becoming that. You gotta throw yourself into that. You gotta pour yourself into that. You gotta pour yourself full of this word. You gotta make time to get with God and get to know Him. You gotta figure out who He is and who you are in Christ. And by doing that, as you begin to walk in the Spirit, you're not gonna do this. You know why you're not gonna do this? Because you're too busy doing this. Does that make sense? Instead of walking around going, please don't don't mess up, don't mess up, you're going to mess up. There's no replacement method. You're just hoping you don't screw up. He says if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill or give in to every impulse your flesh has because you're filled with the Spirit. There's also results from walking under the influence of the Spirit. In fact, there's two of them in Galatians 5. Notice this. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And there's no law against these things. You can act like that, live like that, be like that, and there's no law against it. Everybody, every day, everywhere is 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 trying to accumulate that list of stuff, starting with love. Everybody wants a life that looks and feels like that. And you can't get that apart from the Holy Spirit. No drug on the street will ever be able to produce that 24-7. No drink on any shelf will be able to produce that 24-7. No relationship, no amount of sex, no, no amount of prestige, popularity, reputation. There are no amount of followers you can have online or likes you can have or people that view your story. There's nothing you'll ever have that will stack up like that list produced by the Holy Spirit. He's the only influencer that can give you that. That's God, the Holy Spirit, guiding the actions of believers. He will empower you and lead you to take action that produces those kind of things. So, watch this. The Holy Spirit guides your actions, and the Holy Spirit governs your reactions. Listen to me, He guides your actions. And he governs your reactions. Look at verse 24. They that are Christ. How many people in this room claim to be a Christian? And you expect to stand in front of God and him say, you're one of mine. I know you. How many of you claim to be a Christian? Raise your hand. I'm a Christian. I know know that I'm a Christian. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. If you know it. Now, if you don't know it, it's okay. Don't raise your hand. But if you know that, raise your hand. All right, wonderful. He's talking to you. Right here. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. The Holy Spirit becomes a governor that governs against you reacting to the impulses of your flesh. Now, if you're in this room and you're not a Christian, you do not have what I'm talking about. It is up to you. It is up to you and you alone in your own power. And maybe you can get on Psychology Today. Maybe you can watch enough Oprah and Dr. Phil. Maybe you can get some wisdom online. Maybe you can buy, you know go into some tarot cards. Maybe you can figure out something else. But you're on your own. But when you become Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now guides your actions, and he governs your reactions. What does that, what does that mean? He governs your reactions? Well, when you find yourself in a particular situation, usually your first reaction is going to be a fleshly impulse. But if you have the Holy Spirit, He gets between you and your fleshly impulse and governs what you usually would do. Getting quiet in here. Me and Pastor Jeff, we, we've, we've gotten where we frequent the golf course. And, and we share a, a golf cart. And I, it's really interesting because Pastor Jeff, if we're traveling somewhere, which we do often, he drives. He drives. He rode with me one time a few years ago. And ever since then, he's always like, hey, boss, I'll, I'll drive. I'll, 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 I'll drive. You just relax. Now, I have figured out what that means is, no way in Hades. I'm getting in the car with you, and you're driving. Let me drive so we arrive safely in one piece. On the golf course, he lets me drive. And I know why this is. One, it's not a two-ton weapon. But golf carts come with governors. They have a a governor that governs the ability you have on the golf cart to accelerate wildly <laughs> and to drive at speeds that could compromise your own well-being. And he's okay. As I have noted as long as we are on a device and machine that it is controlled, my car has no governor on it. I know this because I got a 93 and a 70 last year. As is like, "You can't get another ticket because you're not going to Uber to go preach the gospel. You've got to slow it down. Years ago, my brother Ryan, years ago in high school, him and some friends went to it's a golf course that's closed now. It's Green Hills Country Club club in Watkinsville, and him and some friends went out there to the golf course. One night, real late, and they broke into the garage where they keep the golf carts, and they got the golf carts out, and they took the governors off them things. And they had themselves a time after around 1130 at night driving around, and I'll never forget, I was sitting at the house like a good son would be doing on a Friday night. And the phone rang, and I picked up the phone, and it was Ryan. He said, Derek. I said, what are you doing? He said, let me talk to Dad. Mind you, my dad was the judge, right? Let me talk to Dad. I said, where are you at? He goes, just let me talk to Dad. I said, Dad, it's Ryan. I think he's in trouble. Sure enough, the cops... Showed up on the golf course. My brother got ushered into the back of an Oconee County deputy cruiser on the ninth hole for taking the governor off the golf carts. I remember when he got to the house, and and of course he got off. I remember when he got to the house, I said, man, how did you know how to do that? He said, I was around with somebody that knew how, and we took him off. He said, and he looked at me, he goes, before he went to his room forever, he said, Derek, you wouldn't believe how fast them things go. <laughs> can, can I say this? Can I say this? If you take a governor off your flesh, you wouldn't believe how fast that thing would go. If you don't govern, now see here, that's what I'm saying. Dr. Phil's not going Oprah in psychology today and, and, and reading inspirational quotes on Facebook, there is no governor for your flesh. Like the Holy Spirit of God. Because, because and here, let me, let, me, let me land this plane. Here's, here's what I want you to do. In fact, I want you to start this in this room by agreeing to it, and then I want you to let this happen this week. I want you to yield to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because you've already, you've already identified with a raised hand that you are Christ. So what I want you to do now is start yielding to what you have as an influencer in your life. That word yield is a, is a, is a really cool word. It actually appears in Romans 6. You should look at it when you get home. The word yield is peristeme in the Greek, which means to stand beside and allow to stand by or beside. If if, if you're driving, let's let's go with some some, uh, automobile navigation. If you're driving and you see a yield sign, it doesn't necessarily mean stop. It just means allow whatever's coming to have its way. Right? Well, the Bible teaches and tells us that we are to yield to the Holy Spirit. We will not have the proper action nor reaction if we do not learn how to stand by and learn how to live your life by saying things like this to God after you. I find myself in a situation. I find myself in a predicament, and my flesh wants to take action. My flesh wants to react. I have to learn how to adapt my behavior to the influence of the Holy Spirit and say, after you, Lord. I won't take any action, and I will not react until you influence me to move. Yield to God and let him guide your actions. Because if you, gu- if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your action, you will take the same kind of action that Jesus took. I wrote this down. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to love people where they are. It is the Holy Spirit that will lead you to express your joy in worship in public and in private. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to be at peace in the midst of difficult situations. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to demonstrate gentleness with your children. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to share the goodness of God with other people. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to make miraculous, uncommon faith based decisions. It is the Holy Spirit who will lead you to conduct yourself with meekness in every conversation. It is the Holy Spirit who will will. will lead you to practice temperance in your marriage and your relationships. I just named off everything in Paul's list of what the Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit will lead you to take action that produces those things. That is why it's called the fruit, the produce. It's the produce of the Spirit. It's what he produces in your life. So yield to God and let him guide your actions. Yield to God and let him govern your reaction. I wrote this down. The Holy Spirit governs your desire to follow your own impulses. And this will produce in you the same reaction that Jesus had. Here's what the Holy Spirit will lead you to do. He'll lead you to have the right reaction when someone is trying to incite your anger and push your buttons. The Holy Spirit will lead you to have the right reaction to flee the temptation of a lustful spirit to view pornography. The Holy Spirit will lead you to have the right reaction to overcome the urge to gossip or talk about someone else in their own circumstances. The Holy Spirit will lead you to have the right reaction when being tempted to defend yourself online by engaging in a comment war and clapping back. The Holy Spirit will lead you to have the right reaction to resist the desire to be lazy, make excuses, and waste your time this week. The Holy Spirit will lead you to have the right reaction when you're fighting against the urge to choose your phone over time with God well spent. I remember here recently, over this last year, I got a text from an individual. And it was and, I, and as soon as the text came through and I read the text, I processed it. I didn't type anything, and the person had an iPhone because it came in in blue. And I know if I would have started typing something and stopped typing it, they would have known that they got an immediate reaction at me because they would have seen that stupid little thing that comes up that shows when somebody is typing. So I saw it, I read it, and I made the conscious decision in that moment to process it with the filter of the Holy Spirit because it was someone setting a trap to get a reaction out of me. They told me about an individual who was going around saying hurtful and harmful things about me. And the person told me enough to dangle it right over that trap. Told me what they were saying, where they were when they were saying it, who they said it to, and then they told me the person's name. I happened to know the individual they were talking about, I happened to know where the person works. I also know where they live. And my my flesh was not about to jump in my soccer mom mobile and drive over to his residence and lay hands on him in prayer. Let me pray for you. My flesh... It's a little more clever than that. My flesh was like, you know you got some guys at your church. You got so all, all you got to do is give them a name. And they will make it go away. I had a moment right then and there. To show this guy on the other end of this phone whether or not I was real. Whether or not I was who I said I was. And the Holy Spirit just kind of leaned in and said, you're going to take the meek, the meek route. This is not a battle you fight. My flesh wants to fight every battle. Holy Ghost said, this is not your battle, this is mine. Well, I want to see how it's going to go down. You might not ever live to see it go down. But I always settle up. Get out of my way. And I yielded after you. And I disarmed it with a simple message. Hey man, thanks for sharing. Not a concern of mine. I'm not worried about that. God's got me, God's got that. It's all good. I hope you're doing well. And I cut the red wire. I just cut the red wire because the Holy Spirit governed my natural flesh reaction. He leads me to take action, and love people. He leads me to take action and get in the Word of God when I'm in a difficult situation, stuff that I don't naturally do. He leads me to have a Christ-like reaction. Let me me close. Come on, JJ, help me me close this thing out. I want you to imagine how different our lives would be if we yielded to the influence of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Imagine imagine if we yielded to the Holy Spirit like like we yield to the other influences in our life. Imagine... If we allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us into taking action like Jesus would take it, imagine how different our life would be if we allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us into reacting like Jesus would react. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to act and react like Jesus. You do not need to wear a WWJD bracelet to know how to act and react. There's nothing wrong with having one. Get a tattoo if you need it, but you don't have to have that because you already have in you, infused, instilled. Jesus said, it is expedient for me that I go away because if I don't go away the comforter, paracletos, then where we get our English word paraclete, which means summoned or called to one side arrayed, comforter with a capital C. I'm preaching right now. He said, I got to go away so the Holy Ghost, the comforter, can come and be at your side. I want to walk with God. but you're not going to walk in flesh with Jesus. We have this picture in our mind like we're one of the disciples walking around with a knapsack over our shoulder, walking with Jesus. No, no. Jesus is gone. When he rose, he took the elevator all the way up in Acts one eleven, And he said, it is expedient, it is necessary for me to leave so that my spirit can abide with you. The Comforter who walks, figuratively walks by your side, that is why you must yield after you, Holy Spirit. How do you want me to act? How should I speak? How should I react after you? One of my favorite verses is Ephesians five eighteen. Be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be ye filled with with the spirit, it's always interesting to me. This is people's favorite verse to address alcohol, and in, in so doing, they're actually they're actually missing the real aim of, of, of this verse. I mean, if, if if that's your agenda and that's your soapbox, I can give you some better verses for that. Okay, but but that's that's that. What he's saying, he's trying to paint an idea in the reader's head. In the same way that one would be impaired under the influence of that substance. Some of y'all have lived a little. You know what I'm talking about. There is a certain limit where your body almost doesn't necessarily lose control, but you begin to give your control over to the influence of of that substance, and in doing so, the more you give it, the more of your faculties it begins to take over, because it begins to change the way you talk, changes the way you walk. You see, you see this idea? He's saying. On the contrary, instead of living your life 24-7 impaired by an influence, yet live your life 24-7 under the influence of a spirit that is going to make you love everybody, be at peace with whatever situation, find gentleness and meekness and temperance, be long-suffering with stupid people, find God in the midst of difficulty and tribute. Am I preaching to anybody in this room? He's saying you've got to learn how to get your judgment impaired. Because it's the Holy Spirit when you feel yourself. When you feel yourself with more of who God is in your life. It begins to control who you are and how you are. When you're living under the influence. That's how I want to live my life this week. It's under his influence. Every text message, every phone call, every trying individual, every satanic test I have to take, every crossroads of decision making that challenges my common sense and my uncommon faith. I want to just Adapt a lifestyle that says, after you, Lord, how do you want me to act? How do you want me to react? When you let him take the lead, he will never lead you astray. That is the results of being, living, and walking under the influence. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are posted on Tuesdays.